Welcome to Into Security, Info Security Magazine's podcast. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Into Security, Info Security Magazine's podcast. It's Michael Hill here. I'm the editor. James Coker here. I'm a reporter, Info Security Magazine. Very nice to be with you today, Michael. Great to be here with you, James, for this our latest episode. So we're going to have a look at some of the uh, big news stories of the last week or so first, before we then move on to a preview of our online summit event, which is coming up rapidly week after next. So some great content to be exploring in this episode today. So to kick things off then, the first bit of news I want to run over and, and highlight and, and just share some thoughts on is obviously relating to the uh, Microsoft Exchange vulnerability. So quite an ongoing story that you know has come to light and it, it's still ongoing at the time of recording, really. So I think the industry is still very much reacting to it. It all started back on March 3rd when Microsoft released out-of-band patches to fix multiple zero-day vulnerabilities being exploited by Chinese state threat actors. Uh, so that unusual step was taken to protect customers running on-premises versions of Microsoft Exchange Server. So Microsoft actually said... In the attacks observed, the threat actor used these vulnerabilities to access on-premises exchange servers, which enabled access to email accounts and allowed installation of additional malware to facilitate long-term access to victim environments. They added Microsoft Threat Intelligence Center attributes this campaign with high confidence to Hafnium, a group assessed to be state-sponsored and operating out of China based on observed victimology tactics and procedures. So that was the initial news that, that broke, and then that was followed up um, a week later with the Patch Tuesday release from, from Microsoft. Basically, it expanded coverage of the um, Exchange server patches. Um, so Microsoft then released fixes for over 80 CVEs in the Patch Tuesday update round, including a zero-day bug and several publicly disclosed vulnerabilities. That obviously came in a week dominated by the, the previous news with Microsoft releasing patches for those four key Exchange server flaws. On the same day, ESEP released some research Digging into these issues in a bit more detail, and they actually released research to say that there's more than 10 APT groups were exploiting the Microsoft Exchange vulnerabilities. Quite interesting because obviously, you know, going back to the initial release from Microsoft who very much pointed to just one group, the Hafnium group out of China. It's rather interesting to see the, the follow-up for ESET, that actually there's 10 or more, well, more than 10 groups uh, targeting these exploits. As part of that, ESET claimed the number of ATBT groups exploiting the vulnerabilities to be in the double figures, identifying more than 5,000 global email servers belonging to businesses and governments alike that have been affected by the related malicious activity. Um, so some comments here from one of the ESET researchers, Matteo Fayal. Um, the day after the release of the patches, we started to observe many more threat actors scanning and compromising exchange servers en masse. Interestingly, all of them are APT groups focused on espionage, except one outlier that seems related to a known coin mining campaign. However, it is inevitable that more and more threat actors, including ransomware operators, will have access to the exploits sooner or later. There's some interesting comments there from the, from the researcher. Um, and just to touch on this further as well, another point that was made in the research is that the researchers involved noticed that some APT groups were exploiting the vulnerabilities even before the patches were released. So that kind of dismissed the possibility that the groups were simply building on the exploits um, by reverse engineering the Microsoft updates. ESA actually went so far as to list the threat groups and behavior clusters identified to be exploiting the, the exploits. They included the likes of Winty Group, Tick, Lucky Mouse, Calypso, Tonto Team, and all these kind of APT groups that we hear about. So interesting 
interesting they actually went so far to list those names and they've actually picked up on movements being made by these groups to target these exploits. Just just a final comment here from, from Fowl, just to finish up on this story. He said it is now clearly beyond prime time to patch all exchange servers as soon as possible. Even those not directly exposed to the internet should be patched. In case of compromise, admins should remove the web shells, change credentials and investigate for any additional malicious activity. The incident is a very good reminder that complex applications such as Microsoft Exchange or SharePoint should not be open to the Internet. So a really interesting kind of um, incident on the whole and developing and really interesting to see that the, the way it's progressed over the last week or so and, and as I say still ongoing today and the industry is still very much reacting to it so we'll keep an eye on this no doubt there'll be more to come on this story on Invo Security but just one that I wanted to touch on and reflect upon a bit in this episode. Yeah absolutely yeah it's actually say it's a very much a developing story and some something we'll need to, to keep keep an eye on in over the coming weeks as well. Yeah I just wanted to kind of mention a, a, another big story we saw this week which was the hacking of a major manufacturer of surveillance cameras the Carda, by an international hacker collective so in this the hacktivists were able to access the live feeds from surveillance cameras inside some really sensitive places across the US so that includes hospitals police departments prisons and schools so a bit worrying really and Bloomberg for example they, they reported that after this they, they were able to see a feed of eight hospital staffers having to pin a man down to a bed in a Florida hospital. So obviously some very sensitive images able to be accessed from that. From what it sounds like at the moment, and obviously uh, investigations are probably, or more more information about this will come out as over the coming weeks, but it sounds like the hacktivists were able to access the feeds through finding logins for a privileged account exposed on the internet so this gave them root access to the the cameras to execute their own code and gain access to some of the customer networks so for me i think this story highlights a a few concerning things really that one that we continue to see so many hacks uh, come about as a result of poor password practices so something that's very avoidable something that's kind of mentioned a lot within the security industry but um it's, it's obviously something that everyone as a as a society needs to improve upon and obviously of course the security vulnerabilities of iot devices that we're that we see so often in in the news and and obviously we report on here a lot info security Um, and obviously with iot devices growing a lot in prevalence across businesses and people's homes including security cameras and many other things it's obviously an issue that really needs to be sorted over the or a big priority for the security industry um, so there's been a lot of regulation and guidance on iot devices at the manufacturing stage that have come about um, particularly in the last year or so but it's hoped that they're going to have some effect but there's clearly a lot of, a lot more work to be done in, in this area yeah absolutely it was an interesting one james and i mean like you're absolutely right there that touches on the password vulnerability angle that you know we see so much of and also the IoT aspect and you know we're looking at you know cameras here that are notoriously you know insecure but also risky as well you think about the nature of cameras they obviously gather footage of, of people going about their lives or, or whatever and things like that so there's that kind of physical aspect involved too so an ongoing discussion ongoing you know strategies around trying to raise more awareness of IoT security and looking at in, in cameras and in, in particular so yeah an interesting one to highlight and yeah again we'll keep an eye on that to see if there's any further developments another quick story from me relates to cyber incidents impacting schools in the USA last year it actually turns out this is data that that's come from a new report by a non-profit the 
K-12 Security Information Exchange, who claimed that there were 408 cyber incidents in 2020 against schools in the US, which equates to more than two per school day. So that was actually an 18% uh, increase on the past year and actually a new record of breaches and attacks hitting schools. So obviously it highlights very much that the impact that the pandemic's had on schools over the last year with regards to, you know, a massive shift to online learning and students learning from home. And that's very much kind of cited in the research here. The report claimed that a rapid shift to remote learning was to blame for much of this extra cyber risk. Things like new insecure devices that have been deployed to students, teachers having very little training and, you know, students using things, unvetted free apps and services. And to add to that, you've got IT staff unable to physically update and configure these devices that have been issued out to, to students kind of rapidly and, and quickly. So, yeah, I'm, really interesting piece. There is a common here that was provided from K-12. Notwithstanding the heroic education IT related efforts to ensure remote learning was possible for large numbers of elementary and secondary students and their teachers during 2020, it should be highly surprising that school district responses to the COVID-19 pandemic also revealed significant gaps and critical failures in the resiliency and security of the K-2 educational technologies ecosystem. So I think, you know, this, this one really just kind of highlights that schools and educational system, educational bodies have kind of had a difficult year with the huge shift to remote working and obviously the fact that there was a record number of cyber incidents targeting schools in the US last year. It makes it quite somber reading really. I mean, you know, you've got a lot of students who are kind of, you know, suffering as, as a result of having to work at home and obviously you've got parents involved in that as, as well, trying to do their best to educate and teach their the youngsters and whatever. So, yeah, an interesting one. Obviously, I don't know what it means, you know, this year going forward with regards to cybersecurity within the education system, always, always an issue that, that, that kind of comes up and has been raised as a sector that is kind of under underprepared, if you like, under-resourced with regards to cybersecurity. So definitely a warnings and warning signs here and um, something to note for the future. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, uh, I guess it's another symptom of the COVID pandemic, unfortunately, that as, as you say, sort of a lot of schools have had to shift to online learning very rapidly as, as a result of lockdown measures. And as a result, there's, there's just been a lot of security vulnerabilities that cyber criminals have, have looked to exploit. So yeah, an extra headache for schools, parents, um, students, which isn't good. But yeah, hopefully on a positive note that lessons can be learned if we need to kind of go back to digital learning at, at any other point in the future. So yeah, another story I wanted to kind of mention this week, uh, I think it was announced yesterday actually, was the launch of a new cybersecurity competition for university students and this is known as hacker games so it's been set up by vericode um, and basically teams of computer science and cyber security students from universities across the us and the uk are taking part in, in this event um, so there's eight different universities that have signed up for this year's event and obviously this might be something that expands in the coming years so that'll be something to keep an eye on but basically it's going to be testing students secure coding skills which is obviously of massive importance in keeping everyone secure going forward as, as we become an increasingly digitalized society so yeah it's, it's kind of another aspect of a trend that we've been seeing over recent years of cyber security competitions that are designed to kind of get youngsters interested in the field of cyber security and also to incentivize the development of skills that are needed in the sector and obviously the skills gap has been well documented over a number of years one example we've, we've seen over many years has been the cyber first girls competition uh, arranged by the ncsc in the uk which is i think 
game this year got record sign-ups for. So it'd be interesting to see whether these events have a big impact going forward on the skills gap in the sector. It's always great to see these kind of initiatives and these competitions that that, that companies create to, to try and encourage more people within you know education or just those that have an interest in cyber encoding to kind of get you know test their skills and you know put get some early steps into you know what the industry can offer them really so great to see you know i hope that that competition you know goes well and wish wish them all the best with that and it's got backing from from the uk government as well which is great to see so yeah you know a really nice kind of positive story to end on there with regards to news that we've been seeing over the last week or so So just moving things on now to have a quick look at our upcoming online summit. So our next online summit is taking place on the 23rd and 24th of March. A full agenda is available on our website now and registration is open. So you can go and have a look on there and check out the full details. But we're keen to just kind of give a few highlights here and preview some of the things we're most looking forward to bringing you on the event. So obviously, as always, it's a two day virtual event and it's going to feature a range of panel discussions and presentations with a number of security experts and thought leaders. So so just to highlight a couple of things, my end first, we've got two fantastic uh, keynote speakers kicking off each day, respectively. So day one on the 23rd, we have Javad Malik, obviously security advocate over at Know Before, giving us a fantastic presentation and opening keynote discussion, exploring the defender's dilemma and, you know, where organisations and security has been going wrong. And, you know, one of the the really kind of easy and, and actionable steps that organizations and security teams can can take to kind of turn the tide on from a defensive perspective and actually start winning that security race, I guess. So really excited to hear, hear Javag's presentation. And then on day two, we have the wonderful Wendy Nather joining us from Geo Security, obviously now part of Cisco. And she's going to be giving what looks to be a fascinating keynote address, exploring the power of data for good and bad. So she's going to be looking at the role that data plays in our lives and, and obviously looking at, you know, how it can be used for our benefit and for security gains, but also looking at, you know, the bad side, the negative side of, of data and, and, and how things can go wrong and how to address those issues so so it's a really um fantastic keynotes to kick off each day so really really you know pleased and really excited to have javad and wendy uh, joining us for those james what are you looking forward to no, I'm very much looking forward to hearing those keynotes. Yeah, I've, there's a number of sessions that I'm moderating, which which I'm really looking forward to. We've got some great speakers and some real wide range of topics. Um, so one's going to be entitled Home to Office, a CISO's Guide to Securing Hybrid Working Environments. So this is obviously going to be a really important topic for security leaders in, in organisations as it's going to focus on, on how to keep remote and hybrid workforces secure, which has obviously been a, a massive issue in, in the past year as, as we've about a year since the since the pandemic really started to impact. The shift to home working has obviously brought about a number of different security measures and and obviously we security personnel have, have sort of learned from the experience and with all the indications that home working is going to be quite common going forward and it's certainly a hybrid model of, of working is going to be quite prevalent um, this obviously these learnings will be will be very important to share and very relevant going forward there's also another session I'm also going to be covering a how-to session on on the topic of bug bounty programs which which obviously is a, is a method increasingly used by organizations in order to discover security flaws throughout their network however there's understanding the, the type of program that's right for your organization is not always easy to work out and there's quite a lot of different ways of, of approaching this and it obviously varies for the type of organization as well so it's hopefully provide a bit more clarity on, on those sort of issues we've got sean porris who's director of 
product security and assurance bug bounty at Verizon Media, who, who will be talking about this issue, including how to select the right bug bounty program for your organization and how to implement it effectively, uh, uh, really bring about some important findings from a vulnerability standpoint. And then finally, uh, another session I wanted to highlight is, I think it's going to be the final session on the 24th, which is on mis and disinformation, which is obviously been a really massive topic uh, for a number of years, but in particular in the past year, um, where obviously the topics such as the US election and the COVID-19 pandemic, including the, the vaccine rollout that's been taking place over the past few months, have kind of thrown up a, a number of huge concerns about the damage that misinformation can cause and uh, potentially put people off having vaccines and even leading to deaths. So it's obviously a massive issue that needs to be addressed. And we've got a great panel there who are, who are going to talk about this issue, kind of the trends in terms of the tactics that are used by these mis and disinformation people who are disseminating mis and disinformation online. Uh, and also what governments, big tech and individuals can do to tackle this problem, but obviously bearing in mind issues around freedom of speech and censorship. So it's a quite a big topic and not, not an easy one to fix. Mm. That's great stuff there. Some really fantastic topics being explored. So looking forward to those. And just to add a couple more uh, before we wrap up, um, myself, I'll be moderating a, a panel discussion uh, looking at putting people first and dealing with team burnout and mental health issues in security. A really important topic. Um, well, for quite some time now, obviously, but particularly the last year or so, I think, you know, with the, the pandemic and the, the, the impact it's had on everybody's lives and, you know, the, you know, things like stress and burnout and security are, you know, really kind of coming to the fore now and people are speaking quite openly and honestly about, you know, their experiences with it. And so really excited to discuss discuss that. Got a fantastic panel and that panel actually includes Jack Daniel as well. So really delighted to have him on the panel and sharing some really great insight into this topic. Also, another session that I will be moderating is a how-to session on how to build and maintain a DevSecOps culture. So DevSecOps, again, you know, a really important topic, but particularly over the last year, we've really seen that come to the fore with regards to you know companies going through digital transformation and introducing new apps and new services and and the role that security plays within that is really interesting and and we're going to be joined by DevOps veteran Patrick Dubois for that and so really excited to have him involved and hear his insight on how to build a DevSecOps culture and just a couple of other uh, sessions that will be included in the event as well a fantastic panel lined up on establishing a cybersecurity culture of inclusion so there we're looking at diversity and empathy and you know kind of creating a more open and inclusive industry for, for everyone really and also just another session to flag is a, a next gen focus session looking at infosec entry uh, obstacles and how to overcome them so very much getting some thoughts of you know what we see as the next gen as if you like within in the industry up and coming youngsters who are you know just building their career in info security and getting their insight and input on whether there are too many entry obstacles and whether there are enough defined career paths for for young people or or, or people new to the industry looking to to, to, to forge a career and, and how we can overcome some of the issues that exist so really fantastic um session to be exploring there so as mentioned that's just a, a highlight of some of the topics we'll be exploring the full agenda for both days is available on our website uh, and you can find it in the online summit section to so do have a look there and you can download the download uh, the agenda for both days and you can obviously register there and you can see who's lined up to be speaking as well so we really hope you can join us for for that online summit again that's taking place on the 23rd and 24th of march registration is free open now so you can register and you can you know join us for the whole day or just join us for a few sessions here and there whenever your schedule allows really excited to bring that to you and 
We hope to see you all there for that in just over a week's time. Okay, so without further ado, we'll look to wrap things up here for this episode. So we'll say a big thank you um, for listening and we'll see you again soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to Into Security, the Info Security Magazine podcast. You can find out more information on our news, articles and events at infosecuritymagazine.com.